Hey everyone, welcome to World's OKest Entrepreneur, the podcast for the OK entrepreneur who doesn't have an MBA and is maybe just kind of figuring it out as they go. Today on the podcast, I'm going to sit down and talk to Larissa about three things that really changed how she runs her business. <laughs> so Larissa, let's get started here. So you've been in business for what, 10 years now? Uh, I mean, I've been making jewelry for 20 years and then selling it for 20 years. Pretty much I made jewelry and then I sold jewelry. There was not a whole lot of like in-between time in that. But I do say like I've left full-time teaching or I left teaching like seven years ago, but I've been really doing it for about 20 years, but I left teaching seven years ago and went to do this and only this. Cool. What I've noticed about you is that you you get really focused in on some of these like systems and things that you discover and you're never afraid to try anything new. And so one of the things that I was curious about today was what are some of these things that you've implemented in your business? And I know that you have three things that you said were like the top things that you have implemented into your business that have changed the way that you do business and not that long ago. No, it was about two and a half years ago after literally like the company was starting to grow and grow into a space where it was complex enough. So this was probably around like employee eight or something like that. And it just was like, it was starting to get really difficult to be honest. Like, you know, it's FFTs, fucking first times. Like I had never, never grown a company before. Like I was an art educator and I just didn't know. And I just kind of had kept on hearing throughout the Twin Cities community about this thing called EOS, which stands for Entrepreneur Operating System. And I was kind of like, what is this, you know? Right. And let's back up a little bit. So you had eight employees. Yeah. What did the structure of your company look like at this point? Like, what were the positions? You had like, what, production? You have social media? Um, What's What does it look like? I would say majority, I would say probably four or five of them were like studio assistants. And so those were like, I kind of, those are like Swiss army knife roles. So like, those are people that are able to like make jewelry, fulfill packages, and also like occasionally pop up at events. So very much like Swiss Army Dice, like able to meet the needs of the business. All of those are like part-time roles. A lot of times they were like filled by like art grads. Yeah, but they were like, I mean, that was like the majority of them. And then I would have, because we were at that time where probably like 60%, 65% wholesale. So I would have like a wholesale accounts person. And then I had at that time also kind of this role that was called like brand manager, which was kind of like you could be doing marketing, you could be doing kind of like anything around brand management. And then there was me. So basically you have Swiss Army Knives. Swiss Army Knives. I mean, that's like the story of every single small business. Like, I mean, where my business is now versus like what it was then, like it is so hard to, I mean, as much as sometimes you might need specialized, like when you're growing and scaling a business, you unfortunately need a lot of Swiss Army Knives out there. Like you need a lot of unicorns, which It will get the job done, you know, and then there will come a point where you maybe have enough capital to then start hiring specialists. Right. I love this concept of the Swiss Army knife because I'm imagining like you have like the little Swiss Army knife with three options and then you have the Swiss Army knife with like the 10 options. Right. I mean, and it's like people can do it. It just is like it's just like you, the entrepreneur, like you at any point in time are wearing like 8000 different hats. Let's be very clear. We're not doing any of those 8000 hats jobs super well, but we just kind of get the job done, you know? Like, you just kind of bulldoze your way through it. And that's kind of, like, where those Swiss Army Knife employees, like, come in really handy is, like, they, they get the job done. Like, they're not going to accelerate your business, but they will fill a need at that point in time. Right. So then at that point, you had to move into something a little more systematic where you can take the Swiss Army Knife and start to specialize them, turn them into their their own knives. Yeah. I mean, and like, 100%, I think, like, a lot of people that just start their business that you don't have an MBA, you are just figuring it out. Like, I <laughs> literally never even had me personally, like, an employee review, and people are starting to ask for, like, 
I would like, you know, like, can I have a review? Like, what is like the structure here for like getting raises and all of this? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know any of this. Like, you know, like, how do you have a good team meeting? You know, like, there's so many things that you just don't know. And you're just starting like, it really like once you kind of get to like eight, it shit gets, starts getting a little head banging complicated. Right. Do you feel like sometimes when it comes down to these like, oh, I need to have, have an employee rule rule or an employee review, you're like, well, I've never done that. Like, how's this done? Do you kind of feel like you're going to your closet for that like Halloween costume where you're like, okay, I guess I'm going to put on my HR costume today and quote unquote, pretend to like, like I'm doing this, like I am going to be doing this review, but I have to like put this hat on now and pretend like I'm this HR person and try to embody that. Or is that, how does it feel? Yeah. I mean, I think like a lot of people like, did I put on like a suit, like a pretend suit? No, I think I was really just trying to like check boxes, Mm -hmm. which is I was like, what is the bare minimum that I have to do to to suffice this thing? So kind of I can go on to like bigger issues at the moment, which to that employee it was. And I can acknowledge that. But for me, I'm like, how do I how do I keep payroll going? Like, how do I fulfill these orders? You know, and so like two things can be true at the same time. No, and I sucked at it. I was very much so like, because I wasn't like, my brain doesn't work there. Like, you know, very true for any kind of like entrepreneur visionary type. Like, I'm like, I want to grow this thing. And like, you know, I want to just keep on. And like, as an entrepreneur, nobody's giving you a review, you know? And so like, it just doesn't make, my brain doesn't, I was like, I don't know, I just come in and work as hard as I fucking can and try to grow this thing. You know, but people, lots of people in the world want feedback on how they're doing. So yeah, but no, at that point in time, I was very much so being like, I think I just said like, you're doing good. Here is your raise. I don't have anything else for you. Yeah, sign this piece of paper because that's what I think I looked online and said like, I need to have some sort of like paper trail about this. Right. I know it's weird because there's those little things that start to get added to companies that you don't realize. Like if you were thinking about in a corporate structure is like, what does this actually serve? And sometimes you're like, does this serve anything? Like, is this real? And so that brings me to my next question, because I've looked into the system that you've talked about, EOS, that you were touching on briefly. So it sounds like at this point in your company, things are almost a little chaotic in re- in regards to like structure necessarily, because you're kind of just being like, oh, I guess I need this now. And I guess I need this now. I have these eight people that are Swiss Army knives. How did you discover EOS or the entrepreneurial operating system? I actually discovered it at the Coven, actually. Um, shout out to one of our previous podcast episodes. So I was at the Coven and I met this lady who runs actually here in the Twin Cities called Business Women's Circle, BWC. Um, and she had kind of just briefly touched on it and kind of showed me this binder. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I was like, well, this looks like it kind of could work. I think it's one of those things where any point in your entrepreneurship journey when you're just kind of at an ultimate low and you just don't know where to go, you're kind of willing to like, I'm always willing to kind of try anything and nobody else had, could I have gone out? There are other systems besides EOS out there, but at that point in time, was I going to spend time, which was is always an extremely limited resource when you're growing a company or just running a company period? Or somebody seems to have this solution out there, you know, am I just going to go with that? So yeah, I 100% was like, I'm just going to go with this solution that was presented in front of me and see how it goes. But at that point, I'm always like a scrappy at heart and I'm trying to like uh, divorce myself from this scrappy mentality. But at that point in time, we kind of were like, we're going to like 
half implemented ourselves. So very much so in EOS, a lot of times you hire what's called an implementer Mm -hmm. that helps you implement it into your business is like an expert. They are a master at this and they have helped so many companies. Like they have to go through this entire course within EOS to help implement it into your company. Mm -hmm. And you can self-implement. Like there is a book out there called Traction and you can read the whole thing and take it from there. And so we very much tried to self-implement. How long did you work on that? Uh, For about like a year, year and a half. It was kind of also COVID happened at that time too. Like we started it before COVID and then fucking COVID happened and everybody knows like COVID just ruined everything for a very long time. Just changed it. Didn't ruin it. All right. I'm being dramatic. (laughs) Just changed it. But yeah, I mean, so kind of like once we could, gosh, did we even have masks on? Like, so we were self-implementing and I was like, man, this isn't working. And at that point I had met this woman named Sue Hawks, who is our implementer. And she's actually in EOS land. She was like, one of the master implementers. She's like the top 10. I mean, she was just like, you know, you meet those people in life and you're like, whoa, they're a force of nature. Was she local? She is local. Um, And I just like had met her and I was like, you are a force of nature. I want to work with you. Mm-hmm. She was like, and then these are my fees. And I like, cried a little bit on the inside. I was like, whoa. But I was also like, like I said, when you're just like, nothing seems to be working or quite how you want it to work, you know, you're kind of willing to just try at that point in time. Because what we had done self-implementing was like some of the big things. So like one of the big things that changed how my business operates is what's called the L10. So meetings... And any business, meetings take up so much time and are oftentimes so ineffective Mm -hmm. in like what happens. And the biggest thing is like, if you actually think about it, it's actually like the person we really admire, Alex Lieberman. I agree with him. Like, I wish people would make this a thing is like, if you think of an average meeting, maybe you have five people at that meeting. Right. You know, and you think of their salaries, like to have that one hour meeting, sometimes it's like $500. And if you could, if you really think about it like that, that is insane, you know, to have a really shitty meeting. Like I look at my husband who has a corporate position and I'm like, sometimes he's on calls all day long and my head just spins like, and all of these other people are on the call. I'm like, I was like, how are you just burning money? I just like, imagine like I just take wads of hundred dollar bills and you put a light up to it and just, that's like what I think of like corporate meetings sometimes. So what a level 10 meeting is, is pretty much this. The reason it's called an L10 is you want to have a level 10 meeting. And why it's called that is because at the end of the meeting, you rate it. Okay. And you rate it on its effectiveness. So everybody goes around and rates it on a scale of zero to 10 and says, how good of a use of time was that for them? Was it valuable? And if you rate it eight or less, you have to give feedback to the group. And so pre like professional master implementer coming in, we were always kind of rating it like seven, right. eight, you know, because we were like, oh, it's better than what we had. And then Sue came in and she was like, you are a bunch of idiots. And it's like a three. This is a three. Um, And so then we really like, we had some, we knew like, I mean, I really like got lucky and have identified like kind of who an ideal employee is that works at Larissa and a bunch of them are go-getters. So like Mm -hmm. you respond to feedback and you want to improve and get better. And so, yeah. And so like we really, once we started working with Sue, we were like the level tens, like they really kind of switched pretty quickly and then we started rating them tens but they just aren't just like a meeting like you just not 100 honestly if you were to just have a meeting and have people give feedback at the end and rating it that would be so valuable right 
But what makes an L10 so unique is its blend. So the first 30 minutes, you're hitting six key things. And then the second 60 minutes is what is called the IDS. I have a question, though, about this before we go into this. Yeah. So Sue is implementing the EOS system. Mm -hmm. Can you quickly, before we dive into the L10 meeting? Yeah. Can you kind of lay out some of the, the aspects of the EOS system, like some of the main striking points? Or is that going to kind of come up with it in the L10? Are you basing it off the L10? Um, I mean, there's so much. I mean, and this is part of the reason you, if you can afford it, why I would highly recommend getting a master implementer is there's many things about EOS. It's a complex system, which is kind of like the feedback. Yep. The negative feedback out there around it is its complexity. Um, Like you can read about it, but it's kind of like training or doing anything is like, you know, if you hire a professional to help you get there, it's just going to be better than if you do it yourself. Like I was doing push-ups pre my trainer and she was like, she saw my push-ups and she was like, no wonder you have shoulder pains. And like, you know, because it is, it's just like somebody else that has dedicated their life to this is coming in and they're like, oh, honey, what are you doing? Um, So, I mean, the biggest thing about EOS, there's so many main things, but I think the two, a couple of the biggest ones I'll just list off right now is that in an EOS company, what you do is you have what's called a visionary and an integrator. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty unique. I mean, in other companies, you might kind of call this like your CEO and your COO. Okay. But it's really like you, the visionary, like the visionary, the entrepreneur, like you're the person that will shit into the universe. Like you are a go-getter, you're a quick start, you know, you have a high risk tolerance, you're getting in there. You build shit. You're like the idea person kind of in a way. 100%. And then your integrator is your systems person. They fucking thrive in organization. Like if you looked at my computer versus my integrator's computer, they are completely different beasts. Like, you know, mine is disorganized chaos and hers is like this organizational thing and I appreciate the shit out of it I just like can't do it so so that's kind of one of the big things about an EOS company is like EOS is like oh hey you visionary you need to hire an integrator that's like one of like one of the hires you make pretty early on in your EOS journey because it also brings you the visionary like sweet sweet relief like right or the entrepreneur the person who's like kind of constantly always being like chasing after that next thing a little bit right because you're growing a business and everything like that and your brain doesn't work in like systems and organization most likely so that's kind of one of the big one the other big part of it and that's like why the book is called traction is it's helping you get traction in your company based off of this like goals and how you work towards those goals because it is so easy to just get lost in the malaise and the day-to-day of running a business like your business can stagnate at such an epic level unless you are very intentional right and so those are the kind of couple key things that like getting an integrator and traction that will really help change parts of how you run your business okay so you know you're having these l10s and i think this yeah. is a good place to really structure structure this conversation about about EOS is because I've found that when we do our L10s yeah. within the, the podcast, this is the this is the interesting structure that actually creates structure to help solve problems, create goals and things yeah. like that. So let's talk more about that again. So the L10, and this is the thing that if you, the listener, were to take anything out of this podcast, this is the one thing that I think you can self-implement and it will still have ripple effects and positive gains in your business no matter what it's like because the concept is easy enough to implement so first five minutes of your l10 is wins everybody just goes around shares a personal and professional win the next five minutes of that are then reviewing your in eos speak it's called scorecard but key performance indicators is more what everybody knows about them as kpis 
So every department, you just kind of have like several, like you can get so easily lost in the data. And so it's really like, what are the like three to four departmental like KPIs that are really going to drive your business forward? And less is always better. So what our KPIs once were compared to where they are now are very different. Like we do a lot of like percentages or like kind of dividing, like a really fun KPI that I think is a really good one is MER, which stands for marketing efficiency ratio. And that is what is going to be your online store revenue divided by your marketing spend. Okay, yeah. And that's how you get a marketing efficiency ratio. So that's how you can start to get really good KPIs is kind of dividing things. Right. Because it's, it's going to take two data sets and then say, what's the blend of this? I know because in this world where we have social media and we feel like we have to be doing social media marketing with our company, sometimes yeah. you're like, is this even doing anything? Right. I mean, oh, I just was on the podcast and talked about, <laughs> I talked about that. I mean, as we know, I have, I made a reel for our podcast that is something that's like 1.3 million views. <laughs> we got like, I don't even know, like maybe 100 followers from that. Like, I mean, right. let's just start at 1.4 million views and I maybe got 100 followers from See, that. That's the funny thing is I was listening to somebody recently at this conference talking about how one of her videos went went viral and she had like this, like millions of views from it. Yeah. Right. And it went viral. And she's like, guess how much revenue I made from that? Yeah. She was like, zero. Yeah. I was like, huh, okay. So like the metrics are off. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if the metrics are off as much as it's like, I wouldn't put all my time and energy into like that one. Viral content. Well, no, I just wouldn't be like, social media is the thing that's going to change my business. Like 100% you hear stories about it, but the majority of stories are different. So you go over your KPIs, but what's interesting about them is like you review them, but it has a structure built in place. So If you set a goal to all of your KPIs, and if your KPIs are two weeks or more off track, then you're going to move them to this second half of the thing that is called the IDS, which is issue discussed solved. So if your KPI is off of like what your goal was for one week, it could just be two weeks we now have a trend. Mm -hmm. And you want to attack that trend and analyze it and be like, what is here? As fast as you humanly can. Problem. There's a problem. I can see it. There could be a problem here. And we said these were our key indicators. These are your key performance indicators. These are indicators on the health of your business. So you 100% need to talk about it and analyze it because you said out of all the myriad of data points that you could analyze within your business, like this is important. I think that's important to to look at because I don't think enough people as entrepreneurs really focus on that thing. It also gives a, gives the issues that might come up a place to go to be addressed versus yeah. being like, I have to take care of this right now. Like just it goes into the IDS, you talk about it in your next meeting and you solve the problem versus it sitting there kind of nagging you in the back of your head being like, solve, solve, solve. And it's like a year goes by and you still haven't solved problem. Yeah. And I think the beautiful thing about like discussing key performance indicators is a lot of times they are... Those are typically like systemic of like a lot of other issues you're mm-hmm. probably seeing in your business, but it's really boiled down to like, this is the thing you need to really talk about and discuss. So anyways, you talk about the KPIs. Then the next part is, is your, in EOS speak, it's called rocks, but these are like your 90 day projects. And so this is the shit that you're doing. That's like moving your business forward. Right. And so everybody in my company has a rock mm-hmm. that they're working on. And so then you go through um, the L10 and you say, if your rock is on track or off track, guess what? Two weeks or more off track. Guess what's going on in the issue discuss solve list? Because with every rock, you have a list of tasks that are associated with that rock. Right. That have deadlines. Yeah. You like plan out this project and then you say, these are the milestones within it. Um, and that's kind of how you go about that. Right. So the rock is at the end of the 90 days or completion, basically. 
Correct. You completed your rock. You completed your project. But within any project, you have a thousand milestones. But if you're getting off track on your milestones of completing them, Mm -hmm. then we need to discuss it. Like, is it a capacity issue? Is it just truly you have no idea what you're doing? Does it... the the item need to change. You don't know until you discuss it. And it gets you back on track when you discuss it. Always. Always. Nobody likes, like, oh my God, talking about people and your shit. Like, Oh, I'm off track. Oh, I don't want to talk track. about that. I'm going to get myself back on track. So it adds accountability then. 100%. Accountability is huge and it's just baked into the structure of this. <laughs> and then after that is just your um, headlines. So those are like your departmental headlines or your personal headlines. Not like a personal, like, oh, I went to the apple orchard with my children or like, like, that's your wins. It is very much so like this is happening or like, you know, a good example of this would be in like production. You're saying like, these are the items that are being made this week or being produced or whatever. These are the raw materials that are arriving this week um, so that we can start production of this. So it's stuff like kind of holistically people need to know. But you got them like five minutes. And it's not just you have five minutes. It's everybody collectively has five minutes. So you got to dial it in. So basically it's like, this is what this is what was accomplished. This is what we're working on. And this is what we're working towards kind mm, of in your yeah, headlines a little that's bit. That's a fair way to kind of, I mean, they will morph over time. But the biggest thing is, is like you, the person, you have a, let's just say you have a minute and a half yep. to tell people about the health of your department and what's going on. Whatever you think is most valuable for people to understand, that's that's your time. So I feel like I may not have been doing the headlines quite right in our L10s lately. Yes, correct. Um, <laughs> and so then after that, it would be your to-do list. So kind of what happens is after you get into the IDS is like once you're solving stuff, you kind of have to-do list stuff. And so then you have two weeks to get your to-do list stuff done. Are yep. we sensing a trend here? Twos, you know? Yeah. And so you're either done or not done. And then if, yeah, if after two weeks your to-do list isn't done, then we're discussing you and why you didn't get your shit done. Right. Accountability again. Yeah. So then after that, you go into the sweet 60 minutes, which is called the IDS, which is the issue, discuss, solve. And what is so beautiful about this is not only did we just talk about like the previous things where you could have issues coming up, like KPIs are off track, rocks are off track. If any time during the week, like an employee comes up to you or you yourself are like, oh my God, this is an issue. And it is like, what are we going to do? How are we going to solve this? You would then just say to that employee, unless it is truly mission critical, like the building is going to burn down, right? is that you then just solve it, then you discuss it. So you're just like, yeah. And you typically vote on them is how it works. So then all of you that are in that meeting, you would, you get like kind of like three votes and then you just kind of put a star, so to speak, or like a checkbox or whatever and say like this, this is what I think is so important to discuss. And then you discuss them and then you solve them. So say there's five people in the meeting. Do you talk about five issues then? No, I mean, it would be so like, let's, I guess it it depends on a couple of things. So first off, if there's ever a person issue in your company, like that, it gets a star. It just five stars. Like, because people always go first. Nobody's ever going to vote on person because feelings. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, So people always get discussed first. We actually started having uh, something in my company where we noticed it was people actually weren't voting on KPIs being off track because we're like, ooh, talking about my KPI being off track. So now we actually are in my company and this isn't like an EOS rule, but it's now an EOS rule for us. We've adopted it is that people issues are first, KPI issues are second. And then we talk about any other issues that are on the list um, and then people vote them. So if, I don't know, say four people were in the meeting 
And then you each get three stars. So that means that there's 12 votes to go around. But typically, a lot of people will pick on the same issues, which is what you want. That says that's the magnitude of that issue. Okay. That makes sense. Because I was going to say, you could get stuck with like 15 topics to talk about. And if you have an hour... Sometimes you do. And that means that actually, like, you don't have a lot of big things that are moving the company. And I mean, the thing is, is that you get 60 minutes too. Like, you might not discuss all of them. You don't get to... Even if, like, the time is set. Like, this is when the meeting starts. This is when the meeting ends. And it has to be weekly? Yeah. Okay. I mean, think about it this way. It was like, because we also asked the same question once or we were like, oh, so-and-so's department is not so big or whatever. And Sue, our implementer, was like, think about it like this. If you have an L10 weekly, that means you have 52 times to fix issues. If you have uh, L10 every other week, that means you only have 26 times to fix issues. Yeah. I mean, and then if you have it monthly, that's only 12 times in a year to fix, fix issues. issues which you're going to spend way more time actually just fixing those issues because you're being reactive versus just being deliberate and saying this is the time that we discuss these issues and solve them. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah, that's the L10. I love it. I think one of the most beneficial things that you and I have done is the IDS because I feel like what it does is it does take away that reactivity yeah. to issues and it gives that thing a place to go. So it can kind of get off your mind a little bit because, because you're like, well, I don't have to solve that now, but I will be solving that at our L10 in a week. 100%. I mean, it just gives you a place to put the shit that's in your brain right now and you know it's going to get hit. So right. I, mean, I think that's so important. Have you noticed though with the EOS system, because like as I was reading through it as a company that is one employee right now yeah, and imagining that there being two employees, so having an integrator eventually, I was noticing that there might be some issues in it in regards to just structure, that you kind of almost need a few more people in the, in the company for it to actually work. Yeah, I mean, EOS says like their sweet spot is when you have 10 to 250 employees. Mm -hmm. That being said, I still feel like so if you're saying there is an ideal, which is 10 to 250, but are any of these things bad to implement when you have less? No, because it's just structure and process. Like very much so you, uh, even a solo, like, you know, as a solopreneur, you sitting down and being like, this is my 10-year goals. Like, I mean, that's the next thing that we we're going to get into that I would say is like life-changing is like the rocks, the projects, but kind of how you get there is like sitting down and really thinking like, what are my 10-year goals? What would need to be true to get there? So those are my three-year goals. And then what would need what would need to get done within one year to get me to those three-year goals? And then you work on what's called your rocks, which are your projects. And those are mm -hmm. 90 days. Right. And I think that as, as I'm reading the book Traction, that was the thing that I thought was the most beneficial was just outlining what you want within your company yeah, and creating goals so that you can get to those goals and then create new goals. Because I think something that you and I have talked about in the past is that when you lose sight of creating goals, something we found out in coaching, that's when you start to feel a little more unhappy in your business because you get to a certain point where you never thought you'd get, but you thought you'd get, like you wanted to get there and you get there and then you're like, well, now where do I go from here? But right. having this process where you're constantly creating rocks, making new goals, setting new benchmarks to get to, I think is super important. Yeah. I mean, I think if you don't do that, you kind of just get into like... I firefighter mode where you're just like kind of like you wake up in your day and you put out fires and then you go to sleep it but you're never like really in there's no intentionality right between behind growing your business and i think that's the biggest thing is like this system sets intention mm -hmm. and right. you start working towards that and that's amazing right exactly because at a certain point you may actually start creating problems for yourself to fix yeah i mean i mean it, or just like you get lost like i think that's the biggest thing is like when you start a business, you're like, okay, I don't know what I'm quite doing, but you know, obviously like I want this to like generate revenue 
And then all of a sudden you're generating revenue. So then you need employees. And so then you get employees, but now you're like a little lost. Like employees 100% want to know where you are going. And if you don't know where you're going, they're not going to like, they're not going to know where they're going because you're the person that's leading the ship. And so like, it really helps you set those things in place. And I mean, these are all good things, whether you have employees or not, it's just 100% when you have employees, they want to know like, so where the fuck is the ship going? You know, like, I just want to know. So yeah. Totally. So tell me more about these goals, about like the other part of your, one of the, some of the other things that have really helped benefit you based on the AOS system. Yeah. So that was the one which was really just like, it's called rocks, but it's really just kind of that intentional planning of like, really like, so your 10 year, I know 100% your brain is like probably sitting here right now. is like, I don't know what I want to do in 10 years, but like make it big. It's called in like, I mean, the kind of joke in like in EOS, it's called the BHAG. It's big, hairy, audacious goal. And it is, it's like just, it's your moonshot, just like fucking crazy shit. Because as we know, like Dan, uh, Don, Dan Sullivan. Yeah, Dan Sullivan. 10x is easier than 2x. Like, make it so big that you're like, I have no idea. It's 100%. It should be a goal you set that you have no idea how you're going to get there, but it would be really cool if you did. Mm-hmm. Question. Yeah. It's a side note and a weird one. Yeah. So when I imagine a BHAG, yeah. I see this like hairy monster, right? In my brain. What uh-huh. does your BHAG look like? Like, if you were to actually make it physical, what would it look like? I don't know. You've tainted a halo effect. You've just totally taken what? Oh, it looks like a monster to you now? Well, no, that's just what halo effect is, is if you say something and now I've, I totally, my brain can only figure out one thing. That's like actually why in like meetings, it's really good. Sometimes when you are trying to solve stuff. Yeah. Is have people write it down on a piece of paper and then everybody shares because then you won't have halo effect. Okay. Well, mine's always purple, so... I was thinking, imagine this big hairy. Well, I can't thing. imagine no, Andrew. I will report back at some point in the. I just more think of like what our current goal is, and boy, does that scare me. Yeah. Well, we're gonna find that out later, maybe. Yeah. Anyways, so basically, creating these big goals, these big hairy audacious goals. Yeah. Ten years from now. Yeah. Did you have a goal ten years ago that you would have gotten to now? No, because I didn't have any of the systems or structures. I was just like a girl that was teaching art and then left teaching. Or no, ten years ago I wasn't. I didn't even left teaching. I was, I don't, I was so lost, you know? And so, yeah, I 100%, as much as my employees needed the structure, I needed the structure as well. Yeah. I'm not, like, visionary types are like, I think true visionary types, like, you don't create structure, but you really appreciate it. It's just like any 100%. artist. If you said, if you just gave an artist a blank canvas, they would be like, what? What? <laughs> what are you doing? What do you mean? Like, you need some boundaries, and this gives you boundaries to create within. That's interesting because when I was in art school, that was always something we got. We we received a prompt. Yeah. And it was like, make something, but based on these really difficult parameters. And then we had to be creative to get out of that box. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's like what it does is it gives you the structure to then create. But you mean, you're creating what you want at the end of the day. So yeah, so you do your 10 year and then, yeah. And so then you just kind of start thinking about like, because 10 is so far to zoom out, like people's brains just break. They're like, oh my God, I don't even know what 10 years is going to look like. Right. So then three is about three years is about as far out as you can zoom as far as like tangibleness of kind of like, you know, and they're, you know, they're still pretty big goals, but you can do a whole lot in three years if you really focus in and get going. If you look back at where you were three years ago and where you are now, you, I I feel like I do that sometimes. I'm like, wow, like how did I get here? And like, you you start breaking down how you got here and you're like, oh, okay, this is doable. I can make a three-year goal and and achieve it if I want to. Yeah. I mean, you can hundred percent achieve it. I mean, I think back to where I was three years ago versus now and only really having really great 
work doing like the EOS work and traction, like the, honestly, like the past year, like I can only imagine what we're going to do in 10 years. Right. And so then, yeah. And then one year, which is really like what parts of the one year are going to feed into your three year. And you kind of pick the one year ones that are going to have the biggest impact because you can't pick them all. So it's always kind of like trimming, trimming and trimming. And then, yeah. And then your rocks, everybody should have like one to three is kind of the rule. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have more than three, you're just gonna, you can't do it all. So the business, you still have like job duties and functions and everything. And yeah, and you just 90 days to complete them. Man. Yeah. So it's just focus work. Get it done. Right. So that's like huge. That's changed. That gets you traction because you will 100% get lost in the day-to-day of running a business. Do you ever sometimes find it to can kind of pull you down a little bit or is it fine? No, it's fine. It helps. It really helps you with your... 100%. Yeah. Okay. I was just checking. I mean, I would say the only thing is like as a visionary type is like giving myself more space to be like my rock is just out of pure creation or something like that. It's actually is in EOS land. Uh, visionaries typically should not have rocks. Everybody else has rocks, but the visionary. Oh, really? They have that in the in the EOS? Yeah, because you're, you're creation. Okay. And you will stuff into the universe and everything like that. Like you're always working on it. Like there will never be a point like... True, vision, like we all know, if you're listening to this and you're an entrepreneur and you're well stuff, you're like your brain never stops coming up with ideas. It's just like how to do it, so that it leaves you. It's supposed to leave you a little bit free to do that. So basically, one of your rocks might be: I just need you to be more creative this month. I need, I'm going to give you permission not to focus so much on just this business part. That's a terrible rock. No. Okay. What? What would give me an example of one where the visionary's rock is just to be creative? Um. So like one of my rocks that will probably be next year. I'm not saying like visionaries never should have rocks. It's just that. Yeah, I'm just trying to understand it more from what you said. It should be more intentional. So like one of my rocks will be like. So one of our one year goals is like Larissa has t- tested a non product based revenue generating channel okay yep so like one of my rocks would be then to kind of co-feed into that is like yeah is maybe i like um research and i mean this is where you got to get so like if you tested something you already researched it so test three non-product related revenue generating channels okay that makes sense so essentially it's like a challenge for yourself so for me yeah who works in wood and fabric it'd be me saying you need to challenge, you need to basically test a metals product or come up with a product that's not wood. And the biggest thing is test is like a tricky word is, is like, you got to really get intentional. Like that's where it's like, you should never say research and test because you did research if you tested it, you know, or like, that's where it's like less is more. So like really get to like the true, like what is your desired outcome state, you know? There's a language with an EOS that you kind of have to learn. Yeah. And I mean, in 100%, you have to do the work to get better at it. Like when I think about our rocks, when we start this process we were like i mean there were like a fucking paragraph the rock and then yeah. you just get i mean yeah and then we got way better at it because of having like a eos like implementer with us and then you know and now our team is like you know if somebody writes a rock and we're like what get rid of that word you don't need that you did that already if you're doing this you know so something yeah. i noticed you and i when we first started doing the podcast and we had set up the same system i noticed that some of my rocks just learning this process yeah. were i was I was writing too many things. So I was getting bogged down with these little tiny milestones. Yeah. That I was like, I had to go through in the end and you helped me with this and say, well, that one actually solves that one. That one solves that one. So yeah. I just eliminate, eliminate, eliminate. And it basically made it a lot easier to go that way. It's so much easier if you really go for like the the big ones. Yeah. Because a lot of them are co-feeders. It's the same thing what we talked about with like issues is a lot of them usually are one bigger one that has lots of little stuff 
stems and prongs and everything, offshoots and everything. So yeah, I mean, just really go for like the biggest, like go for the biggest punch because a lot of times you're going to have, it just is that as humans, we're conditioned. I don't know why we're conditioned, but you just want easy. And so you're like kind of create these like smaller, easier ones because it feels safe. You know, what's interesting about that though? I think about this. I watched this show alone where you have to survive for a certain amount of time out in the wild. Yeah. And the people that inevitably tap out are the ones who expended too much energy on big projects right away. Mm -hmm. But it's the people who didn't spend as much time on their shelter. They just did just enough. Yeah. And didn't spend that much time on big food, but small food that they were the ones who ended up surviving the longest. And I feel like that's something that our brains still have within us is when you're always chasing after the moose, you're going to get tired. But if you shoot a thousand squirrels, it's a lot easier, right? Yeah, I'm trying to track that and put that into business. Like, because I would say like your business is like your one or three year and like the rocks and the projects are kind of like your 90 days. Like, but I'm saying try that's, to feed yeah. It into, because you can't like a one year goal, most likely you can't complete in 90 days. Like if you could complete it in 90 days, that should not be a one year goal. What I'm saying is that's where the mismatch comes from. Yeah. Our brains kind of do naturally fall into that easier pattern because we were okay, naturally, we're saying. naturally saying that we should be going after smaller things because it'll conserve energy. Yeah. But realistically in business, it's completely different. We should be aiming for some of those bigger things. Yeah. Because those will lend, like those will get rid of those like smaller things, those estuaries. Yeah. Cut the tree down, not the branches. Yes. Nature analogies. Nature analogies. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Now you understand. Yep. So yeah, that's kind of where that, and then the other really big thing that this is not an EOS thing. Anybody with a team can do this, but I never realized how important it was. And I was kind of resistant to it because I was like, oh my God, lost productivity. Um, but it's actually extremely productive to do this is offsite. So quarterlies and annuals. So quarterlies is every quarter. What are you getting together in a room? What are going to be the rocks for the next 90 days? And then the annuals are offsites for two days and you focus on team health as a big one, like really getting to know your team and then really focusing on like what is your 10 year, your three year and your one years. Because every time, every year when you complete your one year, then you got to go back and be like, what are the next one years? And then the three years kind of get moved out technically, like they kind of just kind of keep pushing until you're closing in on that 10. So you do offsites quarterly? Yep. So technically we have five days a year that are offsite. So because one quarterly goes into an annual, they kind of merge. Oh, okay. So it's, it is five days. So you do four quarterlies and an annual, but to, to do one like of Technically the... a quarterly and an annual are blended together. So you have a two day offsite basically. Right. So there's three quarterlies. Yep. And then one annual, which is technically what happens at a quarterly happens during the annual as well but then also really focused on team health and bigger shit, like zooming out into your ones and your threes and your 10. So what does what is the importance of being offsite? A, all of the, the distractions are gone. Yeah. You know, it's like like anything, you change the environment, change your, you change your state of mind. Yeah. And so that's really huge. Um, it's meant to be also like a little bit celebratory, like for our annual offsite, even though a lot of us have like small children, so it's been hard, but we'll still like, we stayed in downtown St. Paul. Uh -huh. You know, it just like, it's meant to transform you and really focus on the team. And basically it's team building in a way. And I know from what I've heard from you talking about your yearlies or your, your quarterlies, that sometimes they can be kind of emotional because you're getting out a lot of stuff, but you're also setting big goals. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the part about team health is like we really focus on it. It was, um, we read every year Patrick Lencioni's book, uh, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Mm. It's a really good book and you you read it every year that you have your annual. So it's not like you read it once and no, you go back and you'll find different stuff out of it that time. But 
even as much as my team has, we've all worked so hard on just like radical candor and everything. Like other things, like, I mean, that was the most interesting thing. It was, I was just, I'm currently reading Radical Candor and she was like, all different aspects of your communication style will sneak in at a point in time. And they are super emotional because I think sometimes you, you got to get your, you know, we are like, I'm coming to work and I've got to get stuff done. So sometimes you might hold back or whatever, but like, yeah, these are really meant on team health and uh, we share your feelings. I mean, my team is very much so like we're, uh, yeah, we're emotional. Mm-hmm. Share shit. No, I just, that's the thing I'm curious about is, is that. I think it's way better though. I'd much rather you, any person would rather know where they stand with one another than live in mystery. Do you think it's easier for your company as a women owned and run company than it would be for say guys to do it? No, I mean, no, I kind of asked you the same question and she said like, you guys are more apt to cry, but she was like, it's all based off of the company and any healthy company mm-hmm. needs to share stuff. I mean, that's like been, I've been reading tons of like leadership and entrepreneurship books and like very much so like Google has, it, you know, an extreme and Slack, like extreme cultures and like sharing and radical candor and like, yeah. That's good. I think that was one of the things I learned. The one of the things I learned in coaching was that you have to have those hard, hard conversations. And this is something you and I have talked about in the past on this podcast. Is having those hard conversations is sometimes the most important thing to get to that other side of things. And I think that sounds like what a lot of these quarterlies end up doing. Is it is like there's everything you're you're trying to do along the way, but going off site where you're like intentionally trying to solve like the big picture problems that opens up that space to be like, okay, this is something that's actually been eating at me. And like, this is the space where we talk about that so we can solve it systemically versus just like day to day where I'm trying to get my stuff done. But the goal here is to solve those big problems. Yeah, because a lot of times, honestly, like if you can solve those problems or just as like, you know, like, hey, you did this once. Like, I mean, the goal is, is like if somebody does something once and it like affects you that you then pull them aside privately and be like, hey, just so you know, when this happened, like, you know. Can you tell me a little bit more about like why you did it this way or whatever? Because it really affected me. So that's like radical candor is care deeply and challenge directly. Care deeply and challenge directly. So beyond these yearlies, what else is there? Um, I mean, there's so many parts to EOS, but... what Those are kind of the three right there? I mean, those are the three that I reflect on that really change okay. my business and the way that we work. And then having an integrator. Yeah. Has there been any negatives for you for EOS? I mean, it's just the um, cost is like, it's really prohibitive in like a startup kind of like when you're starting your company, not when you're starting your company, but it's like when you're a small business, like money is money is everything. Money is you can't, you can't run a business without, uh, yeah, all money. Like you're not, people just aren't giving you money because you're like small business. We're going to just give you a stipend for that. Right. Shop local. Yeah. So, I mean, it's primarily like, I mean, and that was like kind of a big thing is like, I, put money towards this. And in the beginning, I think several people on my team were like, why are we spending all of this money on this? This is insane. And then it's been so interesting is now like two years into it, like technically our EOS implementer is like, you can, you put me on the issues list, you know, and you guys can go self-implement now. Like you've learned the skills, you know, and right. we're kind of getting closer, but it's always funny is every time we were like getting closer and then we had this like really intense quarterly or annual and we're like, nope, not close enough. <laughs> not close enough for not putting you on the issues list because it was like we like, and it's not just me, it's like other people on my team have seen the value of it and just how valuable it is. So would the cost be like the cost of an employee for a year? Typically, yeah. I mean, that's actually what they say is like it's like uh, it's this cost of an employee for the year. So basically, for two years, you can have 
a consultant, essentially, an implementer. I mean, it's all a business expense. 100%. No, but I'm thinking about how basically if you can get the people on your team to be more efficient with the way they work yeah, and more effective with the way, way, way they work, not just efficient, then the cost does make sense in a way because 100%. you're also learning it at the same time because then at a certain point you can implement it yourself, right? So it's almost like an education in a way. 100%. And I mean, and then it becomes just the way you do business. It was really interesting. It was like talking to another entrepreneur that started her own business, but she previously worked at an EOS business. And I think she's working in a different company now, like while she's starting, but she was like, man, uh, she's like, I loved EOS so much and I wish my current business would implement it. Like she was just like, it does. It just, it's like, because it just removes, it's an operating system. It's just removing a lot of like the like crazy shit. And like, how do we do this? It just removes that barrier. So you can actually focus on getting the work done instead of being like, how do we do this? You know? And do you think EOS most importantly is like the learning is in the doing with EOS or is it, could you actually go take like a three week course on how to implement EOS in companies? Or do you think it is basically you should go through like a two and a half year period of implementing EOS to actually learn it? Um, I always believe the learning is in the doing. I mean, because I think of like how how it looked when we first started versus now, like we're just so much better at it. Like it's just like anything. Like if you put your time and energy into something for three intense weeks over the course of two years, like I would just say like it's so much better over the course of time. Right. There's no such thing as like a three week six pack. Yeah, exactly. It's same thing. So do you think there would be any other, like does the complexity of it do you think that causes any issues for you guys no not anymore i think that's like the big thing of like that's like one of the feedback pieces is like the complexity of it but that's like it is so complex to self-implement and that is why we hired an implementer right so yeah i it doesn't really sound like there's that many negatives for it it's it sounds like no to me it's the cost the cost is the biggest prohibitive one is it's you know um i think every eos implementer is a they could be different based off of how good they are, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just the cost is the most. Right. And the cost and like the time isn't really that crazy. Like when you think about it, like what you said earlier of like five offsite days and you're still working on the business. Not that crazy. No. And I think but it's important to have those because I remember even before, like when we were in our business, when there was three of us, we would have a yearly We'd sit down literally for a day yeah. and talk about our goals. So we'd go somewhere and we'd sit and talk about our, our goals. Like, what are we going to do this year? And uh, funny enough, in January of 2019, we were like, we're going to, like, you know what we're going to do this year? We're going to travel a lot. We're going to go to all these shows across the country. And that never happened. So we rewrote that plan. Yeah. But I think about that as like, I think people already naturally do a lot of the stuff that are in the EOS process, but they just don't have a structure and an accountability structure specifically to implement it. Yeah, I think the accountability part is huge. I, I think that the, it's like, it just kind of makes it really free. Like the, the, you always discuss people issues first in the L10. Like it just is like, it makes it really easy. It's like, well, we're not discussing whoozy what's. It's like, that's, uh, I mean, we just going to be like, that's the EOS way, you know? Right. This is the way. This is the way. So, yeah. Well, I appreciate you yeah. telling me about the EOS program. That's something I've been slowly doing over the last probably six months since we've been working on the podcast. Um, and it's something I keep picking up and reading and we're doing the worksheets on. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's like the same of any program. Like there are other programs besides EOS out there, like operating systems for businesses. I personally haven't really met, EOS is really big in the Twin Cities. So I typically meet a lot of EOS companies, but I would venture to say that a lot of them have probably some of the same core tenants and that if you just devote yourself to it though, they will help you. But this has been a game changer for my business and I would never look back. Right. It's interesting because I see a lot of these 
you have these like, like gurus, business gurus online who are always like trying to sell you something like the system that they did for this. But this is the one where I really, I can see that it's it's been around for a really long time. It has been. I mean, it's been around now for more than like two decades. Right. And I feel like for me, I'm hearing other people that are in business be like, have you heard of this thing called EOS? I started doing this EOS thing and it's really helped out. I'm like, it, I feel like it's it's having a renaissance or it maybe it's just coming. It's really starting to fruit. I think it's having a renaissance and I think people are really starting to care about how work gets done and like I think it is like a, a bunch of like how it, work can be done like efficient and effective and I think it does it helps the whole team too at the end of the day as well so like I think if you right employees want to do a good job and they want to work towards a common goal so if you the entrepreneur can give that to them like they will do better work and I think they also do want structure they do want structure because I think you know people are like well people want their freedom or their their autonomy but it's like yes we can have autonomy but we can't have autonomy without a little bit of structure oh yeah 100% we all have we we have to get up when the sun comes up we have to go to bed when the sun goes down no I mean like I'm a person that 100% like I would say I don't create structure. My brain doesn't work in that There's way, like, but I really appreciate it. Like, I mean, very much so. I'm going to hire a VA and one day they're going to just sit with my computer and organize all my files. And like, I would love structure. Yeah. Like, I'm just not good. To, like, my brain doesn't like create it, but it appreciates it. And I think that's like the biggest thing is everybody can appreciate structure. Nobody really, truly, does anybody really, truly thrive in chaos? No, I don't think so. No. I mean, I think structure in a way is, it's always good. Like, I, sometimes look at my the way I work and I'm like I'm so chaotic but then I realize like oh you actually you do have a lot of good structures within your even your, your digitally like I look at my folders and I'm like all my folders are categorized they like I have this automatic system that I yeah put things where they go and I don't, don't even realize that that is organization yeah but we have so much of that in our life that we appreciate and if everything was just on your desktop you'd be lost oh yeah no seriously <laughs> and there are people who actually work that way and it's a little scary um, but anyways, uh, to conclude this conversation, yeah, I, I actually just think we should conclude this conversation because it's been really <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> To conclude this conversation. No structure. Just do L-tons in your team meeting. That's truly like. Right. That was my, that was my question, but I lost for a second. If there was one thing to conclude this conversation. L-tons. There is one thing. L-tons. L-tons. The one thing you would do is L-tons. Unless you don't have KPIs, and then I would right. do KPIs first, and then I would do L10s. Yeah. And can you L10 yourself? No. Question. No, I don't think you can, because you're just solving it with yourself. I mean, I guess you could, but I guess if you needed, like, I think it's probably, actually, no, I take that back. I think you could, because I think it's really important just to, like, sit down and think about when you're not working in the business, you're working on the business then, which is a really important distinction. And you surprise myself so much about working. I'm working in the business. I'm so proud of myself. Team player. But then I think it's so important to realize like working on the business. Like, so even if you are a solo entrepreneur, just like literally recording those KPIs, yeah. hey, it helps you track growth and or stagnation. Yeah. You know, and then just literally like sitting there and being like, huh, what's wrong here? What would I need to make true to like uh-huh. help this grow then? It really helps you focus on like, what would I need to do to work on the business then and that i would ids for sure if you had kpis that were two weeks off track that would be like this is my one hour i'm just going to focus on what i need to do to get these things back on track because you said those are metrics that are to the livelihood and the success of your business right so yeah i go back i say yes you could have one by yourself cool well thank you for this conversation you know where to find me yeah (laughs) we'll see you next week uh if you liked this episode give us a shout share with a friend if you know anybody uh else who's going through eos who wants to connect on this give them a shout yeah go ahead and follow us on instagram 
and send us an email. Just start a chat with us. It'd be great to hear from you. Yeah, and have an okay week, y'all. Have an okay week. Bye. Bye.